We praise you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Amen. After all that God has done, amen, he deserves nothing but our best and our all. Amen. He's done so much for us. Amen. He deserves our praise and glory. We wouldn't be here without him, would we? Amen. So it's always great to get together to worship him. Amen. As the body of Christ assembles, he is the head. Amen. And we want him to have his way in our lives and our service. Amen. It's so good to have everyone here tonight to worship together. Amen. And uh, we want to exalt Jesus, the name that is above every name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, if you would come. Amen. We uh, want to remember, remind you about the, uh, the church yard sale that's coming up uh, next weekend. Amen. So start gathering your things uh, together. Amen. We want to be a blessing to the children's Tupelo mansion. Amen. We want to, uh, uh, God has blessed us and we can bless others even through the stuff we give away. Amen. Because uh, pass it on to somebody else. Amen. Uh, men's, uh, men's conference and ladies conference is coming up. Uh, the deadlines, the early registrations is ending soon. Uh, so if you want to go at the cheapest possible way, uh, you need to turn in registration money tonight. Um, and because it starts going up from there. And so if you're like me, I like, I like things getting, getting things as cheap as possible. Uh, so every dollar counts. Amen. So we want to do that. Remember that. Um, we want to pray for their needs. We're thanking God for what he's doing in our lives and the, and the prayer needs uh, around us. Amen. And we know that God is working. So let's pray for the Lord. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, God, for this time we can come before you. We thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings upon our lives, God. We know that you're a healer, a deliverer, Lord, that you are mighty to save, God. You know each and every need, every situation. God, we plead the blood over the body, Lord, and their minds and hearts, God, that you'd have your way. We pray for this offering tonight that you bless it for your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's continue to worship and giving. Kids Church is dismissed. I will always worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, your mercy, your love. We worship you, Jesus. Amen, amen. As we're standing, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Genesis, or Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. Start reading in verse 10. Paul tells the Ephesians, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye, being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers. From the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. A grim situation there. No hope and not, no God. Man, there's no, uh, nothing good comes from that. But now, you're no longer like that, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. How many are thankful for the blood of Christ? That's... She was shed for us, that brought us into communion and redemption, redeemed us. Amen. Uh, we owe everything to Jesus. 
Amen. And so I want to preach to you today from this title, Strangers Among Us, Strangers Among Us. Turn to a few people and shake their hands and greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated tonight. Man, uh, brother, brother Hattaball from Cooper City reached out to me this week, um, and he told me that they are planning a trip to Israel um, after, uh, right after Thanksgiving time. Uh, they're still working out the details, uh, but if you're interested in going to that, you might want to start saving your money. Uh, it's probably around three thousand dollars a person, so I wanted to throw that out there. Anybody was is wanting to go over there. Uh, it's been a few years since they've been. They try to go every few years, but it's been uh, six years or so. But uh, they're planning a trip to go. And so, uh, you know, God, God knows if that will ever happen. But uh, at least they're looking for that. And if you uh, might be interested in that, uh, start saving. And when uh, I hear more information, I'll pass that along uh, to anyone that might be interested. Uh, and so... Uh, strangers among us. Uh, hopefully there are no strangers among us in this place. But uh, culture, culture has a profound impact on how a person uh, is molded and shaped in the society. And growing up, wherever you did, had an impact on you, whether we realize it or not, uh, we are formed by some uh, parts of our culture. And culture can be broadened out, expanded out to uh, an entire country, uh, claim the, the culture of a country compared to other countries that have different cultures. And when we hear the word stranger, what our culture has programmed us to think about that word uh, from a young child is what? Stranger Danger, stranger danger. Uh, but how sad is that, if you really think about it, how sad is that, that we are the freest country in the world and we have more personal liberties than most people. Uh, and when we see a stranger, we are conditioned to think stranger danger. At least that's what we are, we tell our children, uh, stranger danger, and um, how is it that such uh, we are at such a place in such a world where we are so connected with technology and on online presence and all of these devices and, and things, but in the real world, it's like we don't even know who lives next to us. Surrounded by real people, but uh, uh, if everyone keeps to themselves, then uh, the strangers among us, even our very neighbors on the same street that we live in, on, uh, we may see them as danger because stranger danger and we don't know who they are. How can a country of people become united to fight off enemies when we view each other as stranger danger? Matthew 12, 25, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And so the more divided that we are from each other, from our neighbors, the more vulnerable we become as a culture, as a society. And it seems today that our culture is more focused on dividing rather than uniting. Uh, it seems that uh, politics, politics is an immediate divider and it immediately separates people into groups. Um, and uh, with the temperature of politics today, it is now almost to the point of, of hatred. Uh, no longer you cannot really get along with somebody, but Democrats, Republicans or whatever uh, group they may fall into, uh, such divisiveness and hatred they have towards the other group. And uh, I would almost think that this is being done purposefully. And, and so that is why 
uh, politics uh, should never be in the church because politics immediately divides people. Uh, and, and we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about Jesus. And Jesus unites everybody because we, we are Christians first, aren't we? We, we follow the word of God first and, and we believe in the word of God. And, and so that's what uh, brings us together is Jesus Christ. Uh, but anything else in this world can easily divide people. Uh, and so that's why we, we keep politics out of the church because it is nothing but a divider. Uh, and so um, the more divided that we are, the more vulnerable we become. And so, and if politics is not enough to divide people, it seems that uh, these two years of COVID has divided, has added another divider among uh, society. You got the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. There are countless of stories of families, not strangers, but families, uh, shunning other members because they are not vaccinated and they can't come to Thanksgiving or get, get together with the rest of the family because uh, of the vaccination status. And it, it seems, again, like there's more divisiveness in this world than there is things of bringing us together. Uh, such a terrible thing to hear and to think about it, how strangers among us can mean danger among us. Uh, and so I don't know if that is the mindset in every country or not, or across the world. Um, it would be, uh, it could be that we do live in a wicked and fallen world. Uh, while I can say uh, for sure that what other, I can't say for sure what other countries uh, might think or believe uh, towards strangers among them, uh, we, we do have access to the, the mindset and the doctrine of a, a certain kingdom who believes and behaves and how they believe and behave towards strangers. Uh, while the Bible tells us uh, of Jewish culture, and uh, since we are, we are not Jews, uh, a lot of those things really don't apply to us, uh, but what is believed and taught in the New Testament can uh, and does apply to us because it uh, fulfills the Old Testament and even holds us to a higher standard than what the Jews uh, upheld. And, and so, uh, for example, the Jews were, were forbidden to commit adultery, obviously as um, part of the Ten Commandments. And obviously nobody should be doing that. But uh, Jesus said in the New Testament that, uh, not just uh, committing adultery is a sin, but he said, even if you start thinking about a woman, uh, you are in danger, you are committing adultery already. Uh, and so, which is even a higher standard uh, than the Jews had. And so they, they couldn't physically do it. Uh, but Jesus says, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. Don't even think about it. Uh, and you're, that's going to get you in trouble. And so, uh, the New Testament holds believers to a higher standard, uh, and so we should always strive to look and to follow uh, for the higher standard. Um, and there is a kingdom that is threaded throughout the, both uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that is the kingdom of God. Um, we see in John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom uh, not from hence. And so Jesus is explaining that his kingdom is not of this world. It is far superior than every other kingdom and every other country and every other culture. Uh, and so we should be adhering to uh, the, the kingdom of God. We have been given an opportunity uh, to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Uh, when, when somebody is born again, baptized in Jesus' name, uh, they become citizens of God's kingdom. And, and every kingdom, every culture has its own culture. And so what we do when we join a, a new kingdom, a new, uh, a new country, if you will, what do we do is we lay down, we lay aside, Whatever kingdom culture that we came from, um, and whether it be country or language or geography, because when we join the kingdom of God, it is his culture 
that we should embrace. Uh, we, we, we have lots of baggage, we have lots of ideas, we have lots of things in our life, but hey, when we're joining the kingdom of God, we should say, oh, how, how are things run and how do things work in the kingdom of God? Because that's now where I live and that's a citizen now that I'm a part of. And so uh, if I need to, to drop some things in order to pick up some new things in the kingdom of God, we should be willing to embrace and to learn and to live by uh, the kingdom of God principles and the culture that's in the kingdom of God. Uh, not our own or not what we brought, what grew up with or, or whatever. We always have to measure that against uh, the kingdom of, of God that we are a part of. And if we want to be a good citizen uh, in that kingdom, we need to abide by its culture. Uh, Revelation 5 and 9 says, and they sang, they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and every tongue and, and people and nation. So what other, what other kingdom has the ability to unite every single race, every tongue, every people, and every other nation? What, what kingdom has that ability only the kingdom of God can bring all those people together uh, in one mind and one accord because uh, every citizen of God's kingdom must put down their ideas and their beliefs and their culture in exchange for the greater culture of unity uh, that is in the kingdom of God. And we don't, we, we don't really set those standards. Those are God's standards. And so we have to put down our, what we think is, is best. And we got to look to the word of God and say, is this, uh, what is, how should I be living in the kingdom of God? Uh, and God will tell us uh, how things should be. And when I choose to embrace uh, my, my personal ideas, uh, the ways of my race, my tongue, my people, my nation over the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I'm choosing the way of division rather than the way of unity because only God's kingdom is going to bring everybody together. The Bible, we just read how in heaven uh, our people of every tongue, every nation, every race are coming together singing and, and saying the very same thing. And so the only thing and only uh, kingdom that can do that and culture can do that is the, word, the, the kingdom of God. Uh, and so I've given a brief definition of how we may view strangers in our culture uh, in America. At least, at least it's what we, we teach our children, uh, stranger danger. Uh, and so I guess the million-dollar question would be asking ourselves, how does the kingdom of God view strangers among us? And so do we even want to open that door because once it's open, you can't really close it. Uh, and so once we see what the kingdom of God says about strangers, then we're going to have to uh, come to the confession and realization that, hey, uh, we're, we're going to have to put down our ideas of strangers because if the kingdom, if the kingdom addresses strangers, we should be adopting that viewpoint and that mindset rather than sticking to our old mindset of stranger danger. Uh, and so uh, we have to lay down personal beliefs, our, our cultural norms, and embrace the higher standard. Uh, and so I think stranger danger, uh, as silly as it is, could maybe sum up uh, uh, a part of our culture's belief uh, about strangers among us. Because we, you think about it, we there's not much people we really trust. Uh, we're all Americans, but we don't trust any, any American. Uh, we don't really know anybody besides our our close circle of friends. Uh, we don't really, if we're honest, we we may not care about anybody else. Uh, that's 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 a deep one to to think about uh, because we know that's kind of that's probably kind of goes against the Bible, but. Uh, uh, you know, we, we want to be left alone. Uh, we don't want to be bothered. We like our individual liberties and, and don't, don't step on my liberty and don't come into my space and stay away if I don't want, uh, if I don't want you around. And so uh, it's like we must prepare for the worst when we see strangers because stranger danger and danger is among us. Uh, but does this line up with the kingdom of God? 
that mentality. If so, then there's no, there's no change required of us. And, and, and naturally, that's what most people kind of hope for, right? No change. We don't want to change. Uh, that is why wide is the gate and uh, many be there that go therein. Uh, because the way of the straight and narrow is going to require change, doesn't it? It requires an adjustment. It requires people to put down their way of thinking and their way of living and embrace a new way of living and a new higher standard because that's, that's the way of the straight and narrow. It's not any way that you and I develop or, or, or pave out or, or make. That's just the way that God has, has set things out. And so we can either love it or like it or hate it. And uh, the choice is ours. Uh, but we all know from personal experience that uh, the way uh, of the straight and narrow requires a lot of change from us. A, w a lot of us putting down uh, things that we're used to and uh, a lot of change uh, from us. And most people would rather not change. Uh, and so uh, if they feel convicted to go to a church, then let's find a church that kind of aligns the way that we like to live, right? That's the quickest way to think about it. Let's find the way of the church that uh, helps us, uh, supports us the way that we live and the way that we dress. A church that doesn't ask too much is a church that I would feel most comfortable at, right? Well, of course people do. That All of humanity would feel comfortable where you don't have to change. But if I remember the words of Jesus, he said to uh, somebody, sell all that you have, pick up your cross, and come follow me. That sounds like a lot of change, not a little bit of change, a lot of change. Uh, and he also said, uh, he who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Embracing somebody that embraces the old way or instead of the kingdom ways, Jesus says you're not really fit for this kingdom. It's not going to really work out for you. Holding on to old beliefs or traditions or customs or norms that are not taught in the kingdom of God, uh, you're not going to do well in the kingdom of God. Uh, and so maybe we can all attest here tonight that uh, we'll lay down our preconceived ideas, our ways, our habits, our customs, or, or whatever it may be uh, that can get in the way and be willing to embrace whatever the kingdom of God says we need to embrace. Uh, because if I don't do it, Jesus said, uh, I'm not fit for the kingdom. But, but you're the pastor. Well, that doesn't matter. If, uh, if I'm not fit for the kingdom, I'm not fit for the kingdom. Uh, the, the, the kingdom of God is more important than me. It's more important than you. Uh, and if I don't comply, then I'm not fit to be in it. And if you don't comply, then you're not fit to be in the kingdom. And those are not my words, right? Those are uh, Jesus' words. Uh, uh, God has a way of dealing with those who won't let go uh, of the things. And uh, it's his kingdom. He's, he's at work among us. And it's his church. And he's building his church. And so... Uh, we may think we're in charge, but we're really not. And the more we realize that, the better things will be for us. Uh, and so tonight we're going to look into uh, the kingdom of God's bylaws and see what it says regarding strangers. Because there's always strangers, right? Uh, the Hebrew word for stranger is gar, uh, and it means uh, sojourner, uh, a temporary inhabitant, uh, a newcomer, uh, lacking who, one who lacks rights, a, a foreigner or a guest. Uh, and so the very first time uh, the word stranger is used in the Bible is in Genesis 15, 13. Uh, and, and he said unto Abraham, uh, Know of a surely, surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall inflict them, uh, afflict them four hundred years. And so here, Abraham is standing in the promised land uh, that God is going to give to him and to his descendants. But in, in the details of that promise, wrapped in up in all of that, God tells Abram uh, that his descendants are, won't even be here where you're standing. 
uh, for quite some time. Even though I'm going to give you this land, your descendants are not going to be here for many centuries. In fact, they're going to be strangers in some other land. And it's not going to be good for them. Uh, they will be afflicted for 400 years. And, and so uh, the idea of a stranger is obviously first mentioned here in Scripture. But it's not the first time where the, the people of God uh, were really considered strangers, if you think about it. If a stranger is defined as a guest or a newcomer to a land, uh, then we would, all, we would have to go all the way back to the beginning uh, to see this actually happening uh, to, uh, to the people of God. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he hath formed. And so we're not told of the location uh, for the mudflats where man was formed. Uh, we're, we're not sure of where Adam really could call that plot of dirt home. Uh, but to me, it seems like God made man, and then he planted a garden, and then he picked up this little man by the nap of his neck, and he went and he dropped him in this garden called Eden, in Eden. But I guess we have to say, I guess it is entirely possible that God made Adam from the dirt that was in the garden. Uh, that we, again, it's not, it's not really spelled out where Adam was formed. Uh, but it's not really clear. But Adam was uh, the first guest, the first newcomer, the first stranger to the Garden of Eden. And so his status uh, as stranger or alien or foreigner, uh, you get that status because you, you have no rights uh, to where you are. You're, you're a stranger. You're an alien or foreigner. Uh, though the, his status quickly disappeared when the Lord gave Adam his rights. In Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And, and so dominion and authority made Adam uh, no more a stranger. Uh, but he became a citizen of the earth, a citizen of Eden, once he was given rights and say, hey, this is, this is what you are allowed to do. Uh, this is what you are given uh, the ability to do. Uh, and more, really more than a, than a citizen, uh, he was the ruler and the keeper of Eden and of really of all the earth because he was given dominion over everything that moved on the earth. And so... Uh, here, the first stranger gets his rights, his birthrights, his inheritance, if you will, and he's no longer a stranger but now a citizen, and Eden becomes his home. A stranger doesn't have, is, is in a place where he does not have a home, uh, and so now he has a home because he has rights and uh, liberties there. And so as long as Adam lived by the laws of the kingdom, he was fit for the kingdom. But the moment you start looking for another way, you're, you're really not being a, a good citizen. You're not really a, a good fit for the kingdom. And so what happened when a, a stranger showed up, Satan, who was a foreigner, uh, he was not from the earth. He was not born here. He was not made here. He was made in the, the heavens we assume, I guess, wherever. He was not made here, we're not told. But we can assume he was not made here since he was, he's an angelic being. Uh, so he was not born in Eden. And so Satan is a foreigner. He's a stranger. And Satan comes to the earth. Uh, he has no rights. He, he can look around all he wants, but he cannot buy. He doesn't have the legal uh, power to buy or, you know, sell or whatever. Because he's not from here. Um, he can't build a home here. He can't collect retirement and social security here. He's not from here. He's a foreigner. Uh, he doesn't have any rights to these things. Uh, he doesn't really have any credibility. He has no credit score here. Uh, he's a stranger. He's a guest. 
Uh, and so if you want to be a citizen, there's a form and a process you have to complete. And obviously Satan, uh, he was already created, so he kind of skipped that line and he could never be a citizen here of the earth. You got to be born here to be a citizen of the earth. Uh, and so uh, if you are a citizen, then you do have rights, you do have a home, you do have an inheritance. And so Adam and Eve, the only citizens at this time, presumably, uh, they start listening to and they start taking the advice of a stranger, of a foreigner. Adam had the power and the authority given by God to uh, rule over every creature that moveth upon the earth. Uh, and so Adam, in his uh, very right, he, had the, he could have spoke to that serpent and he told, could have said, serpent, to stop talking. And it would have. It had to have obeyed him, right? Because Adam had the dominion over everything that moved on the earth. And the serpent moves and the serpent's mouth is moving. Uh, and so he could have told that serpent to shut up and Satan would have had to do something else, possess another be an animal. Uh, but uh, Adam did not do that. And so Adam, he chose another way, chose another mindset, chose another viewpoint other than the kingdom of, of God that he was a part of. And, and so you know what happened when you're a bad citizen and you can't follow the laws, you get punished. And in this case, uh, banishment or exile was the punishment was given, handed down. Uh, and in this banishment, this exile of Adam and Eve, Adam lost his rights. You get kicked out of a country, you lose your rights, right? Uh, you, he lost his dominion and authority. And now uh, he is kicked out of Eden, kicked out of his home. And Adam and Eve become sojourners. They now become strangers in a different world. Because sin has come into the world and, 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 and corrupted the world. Uh, and so not, not just a different world from the Garden of Eden, but now an entire world completely where creation itself is now starting to groan because of the sin that was allowed into uh, this paradise uh, of a world, and so now they are kicked out, and now they are strangers in a different world, and, and the only right and inheritance they now have is the right to die, the right to pain and suffering, because you chose another way, and you have, you now have the right to die, because being separated from God, separated from the kingdom of God, there's only death. Uh, and, and nothing, uh, death and darkness. And so if God had not helped out these strangers in this new world, if he had not cared for them, if he had not showed them love and was merciful to them, if God would have said, stranger, danger, don't go near them, avoid them, don't talk to them, they're, they're dirty, they're no good sinners, they're not like me, uh, I'm a righteous and holy being, and uh, I'm not going to go to them and help them, then those strangers would have died in darkness, wouldn't they? And man began as a stranger in this world, and if God's view of a stranger is danger, then we would not be here today. But God did not leave these strangers to suffer in this world without any hope. He still, even though they were strangers, uh, living apart from God, God still went to them. He gave them some good news. He helped clothe them. He took, helped took care of their immediate needs. Uh, he told them that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the enemy. And so while they were strangers, yet somebody went to them and still gave them some hope. Somebody told them of the promises of God. Someone declared to the strangers that it is not always going to be like this, that there is a better way, that there is a light in this dark world, that there is somebody that loves you, that somebody will come to you and will help you. Aren't you thankful that while you were a sojourner, while you were a stranger, that they didn't say, stay away, stranger danger, that somebody decided, hey, I got to go to that stranger. I got to go to them. 
them, whether it was you or your parents or your grandparents, and somebody said, I got to help out this stranger. Let me show them some light and, and let me give them some hope in this dark world. Uh, I know that they're a mess. I, I know that they aren't all cleaned up like I have been. I know that they smell maybe like alcohol or maybe they're not in their right mind. But unless I go to that stranger and tell them that there is another way other than the way of, of a right to die and go to a devil's hell, that that is not the only way. Uh, but there is a way where you can become a citizen of a better world, of a better kingdom, where there is no death, there is no more pain, there is no more sorrow, and where you can get a godly inheritance. And not only that, but this life here on earth, you're going to be blessed because you're gonna, the windows of heaven are going to open up in your life and you will be blessed, your family will be blessed. I'm thankful that somebody who was living by the kingdom standards came to me while I was a stranger in this world and had compassion on me instead of saying stranger danger and walking across on the other side of the street and avoiding me and letting me just lay in my own mess. Aren't you thankful that somebody came to you or came to your family? Uh, because we would not be here today if it wasn't uh, because of that. And so we have a lot to be thankful for because we were strangers somewhere at some point in our family line. And somebody said, I, I'm not going to avoid that stranger, but God is working on me to move and to get closer to them and to speak to them and to give them a word of hope and to give them a word from God. And that is what changed our life and our changed our destiny and changed our eternity. It's because somebody saw a stranger and went to them instead of avoiding them. Musicians, if you would come. But the world that we live in now is not the world that Adam lived in, obviously. Not, refer not even referencing the Garden of Eden, but the world that Adam was exiled to was destroyed in the flood of Noah. And so Noah, who was a citizen of whatever country he was in, had his rights there. He has birthrights and inheritance. His kids had, they were citizens of whatever city or country they were in. Uh, what did Noah do? Noah packed up his old life, everything he could carry, and he walked by faith into an ark, something that uh, was never seen before. And Noah put his hand to the plow, and he did not look back. And when the ark had settled and the door was finally opened, it opened to a new world where Noah and his family were now strangers in. They were now foreigners because it's a new world. I've never been here before, never lived in this place before. We are now foreigners and sojourners. We are, we are now guests with really no rights or inheritances because nothing's really been established again. It's all new. And all of that, all of my inheritances and, and rights were all left behind and they were all buried under the water. And so as strangers in this new world, God had told them to multiply and fill the earth. That means you got to disperse, get away from the ark and go and fill the earth uh, and multiply it. And uh, God came to them and he gave them some good news. He gave them a promise that he would never flood the earth again. Can you imagine the PTSD that Noah would have had had God not told him it's not going to flood again? The next time it rained, you can imagine what they would have done. They would have packed up and ran right to that ark. Had God not told them that when it rains again that I'm not flooding the earth again and I'll, I'll give you a, a, a promise, a visible bow in the sky that when it does rain that you don't lose your mind and, and pack up everything and forget all your progress you made because you look up and you see the promise uh, of the word of God in the sky and so you can rest assured that uh, you don't have to go back to that old life. That you can continue forward, going forward and, and what I have uh, planned for you. Uh, and so uh, if God had not spoken to him and went to him, they would, that would have not happened. They, they would have never left the ark. They would have never traveled. 
They would have never went more than a day's journey away from the ark. They would not have been able to go forward and plow if they were always looking back at the ark every time the storm clouds came. But what empowered them to let go of the ark and to let go of the old ways, uh, let go of that old life, is the word of God was spoken to them and was delivered to them. Somebody had to go tell these strangers in a foreign land about the plans and promises of God. And it wasn't of the mindset of stranger danger. It wasn't uh, let's avoid them, let's ignore them. It wasn't uh, to walk on the other side, but it was out of love. I've got to go and I better go tell Noah and his family, hey, I've got a plan. I've got some hope. I've got promises for you. Uh, I've got to go tell them. And so there are strangers among us. And if someone, somebody needs to go to them and tell them uh, what the word of God says and what the promises that are found in the kingdom of God, uh, because if not, then they're going to perish in their ways, and it's uh, the mindset of stranger danger is not of a mindset that is found in the kingdom of God, because God himself is helping, so far, has been helping these strangers live in this world, and he's giving them hope, and giving them promise, and giving them a life where they can live, and fulfill, and do his will. And so we all have a, a calling, we all have a, a purpose and a plan uh, from God, and, and that is not to, not to just enjoy this blessed life that we have, but hey, uh, we, we know deep down if, we, if it's been too long, we can recall that uh, we, were not, we were not here one day, that we were strangers sojourning in this earth and walking around thinking that we had everything together, but really inside we had nothing, and we were hurting deep down inside. Why? Because we didn't not have a home. We did not have a connection to our earthly, heavenly father. And so somebody came to us or our family somewhere down the line and came to some strangers and, and invited them to an apostolic church where we, we came down to the altar and we felt the presence of God and things have never been the same since. Why? Because we are no longer a stranger. We're no longer a sojourner. Why? Because we are brought together by the blood of the Lamb of God and that made us uh, fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. God, all because somebody did not avoid the stranger, somebody came and gave a message of hope to the stranger. You stand with me tonight. Noah and his family obeyed the, the culture of the kingdom. And they went out and they multiplied and they filled the earth the best that they could. Uh, but it wasn't very long after the ark. Do we see people no longer really putting their hands to the plow, if you will, but instead these people are looking back. They're looking back at the ark, looking back at the flood, looking back at the old ways of living. And they said, let us build a tower in case the world floods again. Well, you must have missed church the day God said it's not going to flood again. So what are you doing building a tower? And so the word of God said to go and to fill the earth, yet these people are looking back at the ark and saying we got to prepare for the ark in case that happens again. They obviously are, are, are going against what the word of God says, even though you can go back and see, yeah, the word of God said to build an ark uh, and to go in it and to, 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 to live in that as for a certain time. But uh, a new word came from God that says go out and fill the earth, but yet people are now looking back and saying we got to build a tower in case uh, that ark thing happens again. We're not going to go and fill the earth, but we're going to stay here and we're going to make a kingdom for ourselves. And so we'll have, we'll establish our own rights, our own benefits, our own way of living. Um, and uh, the truth of the matter is, is that not every stranger is going to heed to the word of God. Not everyone is going to accept the word of God. That everyone's going to even listen or uh, spend, uh, uh, stand there long enough to hear what uh, you have to say. Uh, not everyone's going to heed to that. Not every sojourner is going to give their life to God. 
Not every guest will come back. But we do not have the power or the authority to make that decision for them. God has not given us that liberty or that power to make that decision for them. If we ignore them, are we not deciding that they're not really worthy? They're not really worthy to hear the promises of God. I, I'm just going to ignore them. I made that decision. I judged them. They're not worthy, so I'm going to ignore them. I, I just made a decision for their eternal soul, didn't I not? If we avoid the strangers because they're not like us, are we not the ones that are deciding their fate? Are not we the ones making that decision that they don't even realize or they don't even have an inkling, maybe they don't have no idea what the truth is, but we've, we've decide, deciphered and, and looked and said, nah, uh, I'm not going to do that. Are not we the ones that are doing the judging then? They don't look like the godly type and they're, they're not dressed the way that I'm dressed and they, they don't look really all that interested and I don't think that they'll receive what I have to say. How do we even know? We're not, we're not given that kind of authority, are we? But do we, do we make those kind of decisions? That, that type of thinking, that mindset sounds a lot like stranger danger which I, I don't think we can see or, or build a, a strong case in the Word of God and the Kingdom of God, uh, that that's kind of how it is. Um, uh, and, and so uh, there are strangers among us, and, and we can't avoid them, and we can't ignore them, but we've got to go to them. We've got to go to them as somebody went to us or somebody went to our family. We can't just keep this all bundled up to ourselves. But we've got a purpose and a plan and a calling by God. Uh, and so somebody came to us and somebody wasn't afraid to us to go to us. Uh, and so we've got a plan and a purpose from God. Uh, and we know that there's a promise for an end time revival where, where God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. But hey, somebody's got to go tell them, hey, a revival's coming. Hey, God's coming back. Jesus is returning soon. Uh, and a, a stranger danger mindset is not going to uh, help that at all. No, but we got to realize, hey, we're, we used to be strangers. But hey, thanks be to God and his grace and mercy that, that he allowed us to come in to be a part of this great kingdom of God because without that we would be lost. We would not make it. We, we would be dead in our sins but I'm thankful that somebody came to a stranger and said hey, let's come to church with me. Uh, and they, they didn't give up on me. They kept praying for me and, and believing in me and, and keep coming back every week and week and week until it finally uh, you came and because they were not afraid of the stranger. We, we've got a mission. We've got a purpose and a plan. We've got work to do as the believers of God, and that is to go to the strangers of the world and to let them know, hey, what is getting ready to come, what is, uh, Jesus is here. You don't have to keep living like that. You don't have to be bound by that sin or those addictions, but God can heal you. God can deliver you. God can set you free. I know a way. Where's a better way? Just follow me to Jesus Christ, and he can do something. We got, we've got a plan. We've got something to do in this end times, and we got to be involved. We got to put our hands to the plow, and we can't be afraid of the strangers among us because God is calling us to reach them. And if we don't reach them here in Fort Myers, who's going to come? Who's, what stranger is going to come to Fort Myers and start preaching the truth, the apostolic doctrine? No, we're citizens of this place. This is our home. This is our territory. And so we've got a work to do. We've got a plan to do. And, and the pray for the lost and the reach the lost. Why? Because we were once out there, but somebody finally came to us. Aren't you thankful for that? Why don't we just close our eyes and begin to worship the Lord together. Why don't we thank him for his grace and mercy, how far he's brought us and what he's forgiven us of. And we've got a work to do to go and outreach somebody, somebody else. God, help us. Give us the strength and the courage, the words to say, to give some hope to somebody. Speak the word of God to somebody. The promises of God.
So we got to make sure we're not holding on to things that are holding us back and embracing what God wants us to do and to go forward and put our hands to the plow and not look back. Amen. May God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. I've just been told that it's, uh, we have a birthday in our midst, uh, Sister Crystal over there trying to hide. We can't hide. You know what that means. We got to sing. Happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. A happy Happy birthday. 